Hello, this is Ellie Theater Bites, and we are back for our second ever awards. It's been a long two years, and it's been terrible for theaters, the actors, and all the workers. Hearing so many stories from people having to leave working in theater, if it's not normally easy to be an actor and work in the street, it was made even more difficult. But things are starting to open up again, and everyone is revving up again. 2022 has had some amazing shows. As I've said before, and I'll probably keep saying it, I can't make every show. I do this on the side. I feel blessed. I love reviewing shows. It's the kind of thing I always wanted to do, but didn't think it was realistic and fell into this. I love everything about it, and I don't think I'll be stopping anytime soon. Anyways, when I say this is the best show, it's the best show I could make between me and Matthew Robinson, who's great, and some of the writers that helped me in Orange County. The great shows that we can't make know that just going out there and taking a chance and bringing something new into the world, that's just as important. So let's get started. This is LA Theater Bites Awards 2022. This is Matthew Robinson for LA Theater Bites. First of all, I want to congratulate all the shows that got a show done this year. Putting on a play in the best of circumstances is still a monumental task. So, making the show, putting it on, getting it created, getting it seen, that's already a victory. I'm not a big believer in meritocracy in the sense that we should really put art above the other, but it is fun to give people awards and recognition for the hard work they have done. And of course, sometimes you can't do that for everyone. So we made the LA Theater Bites Award. This is always really fun to highlight particular shows and the efforts of people who I think did exemplary work. Normally, I sit in front of my computer and I record this against the big, you know, script that I have written now that like my thoughts. This one, you know, I have bullet points and notes, but I want it to be a little more free flowing because this is really a conversation and this is really a talk about the plays that we decided to honor this year uh, with our awards. So without further ado, let me go through some of them and recap some of the plays that have won awards that you've seen on some of our social media or maybe heard about through the grapevine. So I'm just going to go through how we rate our shows on the site before we go through the rest of the show. A 6.9 or below means a lot went wrong with the show. It would be very difficult to recommend the show, and the show most likely needs a lot more work before it's ready for prime time. A 7 to a 7.4 is an average show. This show isn't bad, but it's not good either. There's most likely something wrong about the show that's keeping it from being more compelling. A 7.5 to about a 7.9 is above average, This is almost a good show, and dare I say it, there are a lot of shows in this spot that are worth seeing, but there's something, whether it's the narrative or the execution, that makes it hard to recommend. A 7.5 to a 7.9, it could be good, but you're taking a chance. An 8 to an 8.4, this is a good show, and it's a recommended show. I feel quite confident I could recommend this to most people, and they would enjoy the show. An 8.5 to an 8.9. This is a great show. 
Not only can I recommend this show, but the creators have taken the story and elevated it to another level of quality with the acting, with the story, with the technical aspects of theater. A 9 to a 9.9 is an exceptional show. An exceptional show is a great show, but everything is done to an incredibly professional degree, and there's something unique that makes it really stand out. A 10. This is a masterpiece, and this is for a theater experience that will stay with you for a day, a month, and even years after watching it. It was executed on every level. You were immersed in the storytelling, and it's become a part of your life in a way. Top 5 Best Shows in Los Angeles Number 5 66 Productions Presents The Effect at the Marilyn Monroe Theater 4 Cry It Out at the Chance Theater 3 I Am A Theater Company Presents Untitled Baby Play at the Atwater Village Theater 2 The Whale at the Costa Mesa Playhouse and one, McCoy Rigby Entertainment presents In the Heights at the La Mirada Theater of the Performing Arts. Ranking the top plays of the year, coming in at number five, is from 66 Productions with The Effect. This was a very strong play with a really strong theme and message that resonated with me and a lot of the people there. It was done at the Marilyn Monroe Theater with a glorious set, which we've talked about here on this program. But what was also great about the show was how integral the set, the sound, and the visual production was to the overall aesthetic experience. So this was a really strong play with a really strong cast, really good story, definitely deserving of being in the top five. Cry It Out was my fourth favorite show this year, and I watched at the Chance Theater in Anaheim. This play was a dramatic comedy about new mothers dealing with the struggles of motherhood in modern times. There was a great cast. The set was beautifully constructed. It didn't take you out of the story. The set brought you in. One of the better sets of the year. But there was some great competition this year. I can only imagine all the theater set designers were at home just grinding. And it's all going to come out in the next few years. The show was witty and touched on real issues. But nothing felt forced or dramatic to be dramatic. It was an incredibly well-balanced and directed show and had a strong message, practically perfect. I gave it an exceptional, it was a fantastic show. I recommend it in a heartbeat. Number three is Iama Theater's production of Untitled Baby Play that was performed at Atwater Village Theater. This was a very, very strong script with the matches that I thought a lot of people needed to hear and a lot of people needed to see the perspective of, which the play allows, through the perspectives of different characters. But also, it was a really good set, nice costumes, terrific performances, all coming together for just an incredibly strong show and a really great experience. This is definitely a show, as I had mentioned before, I feel needs to go around the country and go into different uh, theater communities, as I feel like it's such a strong piece for people to do. So putting this in the top three was a very easy decision for us at LA Theater Bites, and it's very well deserved. Number two, my second favorite show this year, The Whale at the Costa Mesa Playhouse. This was incredibly surprising. I've been reviewing this theater for years now. It's a smaller community theater out of Costa Mesa attached to a school. Not too long ago, this theater company was having trouble keeping their space and staying open. 
But in the last couple of years, whether it's been because of leadership or whatever, the quality of the shows has improved dramatically. That being said, the quality for The Whale was highly professional, highly sophisticated, not just for community theater, but any theater. Michael Cerna, the director of this, put some serious heart into this production. The casting was spot on, the set, the lighting setup, the use of projections is hell the time of day, using the lighting for transitions, cinema on stage, and then add in the brilliant script from Samuel D. Hunter, one of the best shows I've seen all year, and on a normal year, it would have probably most likely been the best show of the year. Peter Hilton, who played Charlie, is amazing, and also Sophia White as the daughter Ellie. She does a fantastic job of expressing teenage angst and finding the humanity in her character. Favorite show of the year, I gave it a masterpiece. I've been reviewing for six years now and only given out three masterpieces. I leave it for those rare shows where everything works, good story, good set, so much that goes into what makes theater entertaining and important. In the Heights at the La Mirada Theater had it all. I wasn't a virgin to the story. I'd seen the movie version, and this stage production blew the movie away. I'd watch a taped version of this over the movie any day. The performances, the dancing, it was like watching a new story, even though I'd already gone through the journey. The lighting was exceptional, which is why I gave the best lighting award to their lighting guy, Donnie Jackson. Even in the dark moments, you could see everything so clearly, and you knew where to focus without having to struggle. It was a masterclass in good lighting. This show was as good as plenty of the stuff I've seen on Broadway. It was theater at a high level. And at the end of the day, it was one of the funnest shows I'd gone to all year. Best Musical McCoy Rigby Entertainment Presents In the Heights at the La Mirada Theater. And we're back. Everything I just said in the first category, this was the best show of the year. It was also the best musical of the year. Best Director Benjamin Perez, McCoy Rigby Entertainment Presents, In the Heights, at the La Mirada Theater. I'll repeat what I wrote in the review. Under the skillful direction of Benjamin Perez, the La Mirada Theater for the Performing Arts created a stage masterpiece with their last offering. It was one of the best shows I've seen from this theater, and it's one of the best theater shows I've ever seen. The show has everything, heart, soul, and incredible music. Something crafted so well doesn't happen on accident. It's usually a combination of a lot of things. But very important is someone with a vision and how to portray that vision. And that's the job of the director. And Perez nailed it this year with this version of In the Heights. Best Actor, Ramon de Acampo, Hamlet, at the Aunt Edith Theatre Company. As a theater reviewer, I watch a lot of Shakespeare, some bad Shakespeare. I saw a pretty bad one this year if you follow my reviews. Besides the obvious, Shakespeare is tough because of the diction. What also makes it difficult is finding the balance between traditional and more modern. This version of Hamlet did a great job of finding that balance and even brought some humor in the story. Ramon de Acampo played Hamlet, a new type of Hamlet. Serious when he needed to be serious, but also really funny, and it brought the show to life. And of course, he had a great supporting cast, his performance this year stood out to me as something not only well acted, but also unique. And that's why we chose Ramon de Acampo for Best Actor this year. Best Young Actor, Jacob Zalanki, Joey Oren, If I Forget, at the Fountain Theater. 
So I watched If I Forget at the Fountain Theater. It's actually going to be running for a second time at the Fountain Theater. It's a good show. I reviewed it as such. So not surprised at all it's run so long. The subject matter of this play is very current. This was a very great cast of actors and some incredible performances from uh, Matt Galeeb, who played the father in this show, was amazing. Jacob did a great job playing the self-involved millennial teenager, and he was able to do a lot with the little his character was given in the script compared to other characters. Best Young Actress, Tara Cox, Letty. A 24th Street Theater production in association with the Wallace, Rapunzel Alone. This is a great show for a family and kids, and it covers difficult topics in a creative and historical sense. It's a recreation of Rapunzel, but instead it's set in Britain during World War II with a mixed-race girl that has to leave the city and go to a farm. Besides really loving this show, the performances in this were great. She pulls off a great young innocence in her character, and you feel really bad about the simple things that are going on in her life, even though we know as it's set during World War II, there's things at play at the moment. Best Immersive Theater Show Hero Theater presents Rise, an immersive exploration of gun violence in schools. This show was pretty recent, just finished up its run. It was set in a real school in Silver Lake, California, and it's really cool watching this type of theater become more and more common, at least in Los Angeles. While it can be gimmicky, this type of theater has proven, when done well, it can be just as effective as any type of theater. My very first masterpiece score on this podcast was the Kaiden Project from the Rogue Artist Ensemble. It was an incredibly creative experience. The setup for Rise was inspired and so well put together. I could have gone to this show multiple times and learned something I had missed the first time. The fly-on-the-wall aspect of the show and keeping it moving like a real day at school was impressive, and it's an interesting direction to go in with this type of theater. Bringing people into the situations and using the full gamut of learning tools, audio, visual, or seeing something happen in the flesh, this was such a great tool for the whole spectrum of different people with different ways of learning and understanding. Best Lighting Jared A. Sayeg, Hamlet at the Anteaters Theater Company while I enjoyed the show, the actual set for Hamlet was pretty minimal. What really helped tell the story and create a mood throughout the show was the lighting. Everything well lit and the colors and tones used made sense within the context of the scene. I thought the show was beautifully rendered. I think you can even see the quality of the work when you look at some of the shots of the play in motion. Best One Person Show I watched this show at the Hollywood Fringe. It was my favorite show at the Fringe this year, which is not typical most productions with a bigger cast and the story went out, but this was a monster of a one-person show, and Taroko holds your attention the entire time with such a fascinating story, and she tells it so earnestly on stage. It's her unique journey from Japan to America. It's funny, sad, and incredibly relatable. The runner-up was The Forgotten Spy, and it was also at the fringe, and it was very well put together, action-packed, historical one-person show about Norcon, a spy during World War II, Really well acted, put together, and if Made in America wasn't so great, this show would have been my second pick of the year. Two of our really big winners are Untitled Baby Play from Atwater Village Theater, I Am a Theater Company, and then The Effect that was done at the Marilyn Monroe Theater by 66 Productions. So let's start with Best Set. That went to Eli Smith, who did The Effect. 
really, really wonderful set. Uh, very simple in terms of its spatial, uh, kind of how it took up space, but its spatial arrangement was so cool. But its video work, its kind of clean aesthetic that made it feel a little sterile since it was taking place in a medical facility in a kind of a mental hospital was a really, really nice touch. Great use of what was going on with the actors, being able to move around. We could always see them, except when the uh, director didn't want us to. And I thought that was just really, really cool. So Eli Smith was a pretty easy win for that one. I, I did really like Untitled Baby Play. I think that had a really, really good set. And there were multiple plays. I saw The Hollywood Friends that I thought had some pretty decent sets. Untitled Baby Play did some really good things with his lighting as well with its set. But I felt in the effect, its set was so distinct. It was so... I can't imagine the play being performed in any other way other than what I saw there. So kudos to Eli Smith. Uh, moving on, best sound design also goes to the effect. Uh, that is Trevor Reese's work. Trevor Reese has been doing really, really good sound design uh, all throughout L.A. theater for years now. I first became aware of his work uh, when I was doing a play at Inkfest done by Two Cents Theater Company, and Trevor was doing a lot of the sound design and sound work there. He does a very, very good job of making the sound part of the characterization of the play. I think sound can often be forgotten about when it comes to theater shows. I think, of course, the actors project, but how sound dictates the story, I think, can be kind of an afterthought. And when you get someone like Trevor on your show, on your production, on your team, you're going to get the best. You're going to get some really, really thoughtful uh, design there. And I thought he did a wonderful job with that. Okay. Best Actress, Anna Rose Hopkins, who played Natalia in Untitled Baby Play. Yeah, this was... I really, I've been raving about this performance uh, pretty much since I've seen it, which I, I believe was like early June. It was late May. I, it was just a great, great show uh, all around. I mean, the cast was really strong. I feel a little guilty picking one actor out of this incredible cast to say like, yo, this was the best actress. But there's a monologue that happens at the beginning of the second act from Anna Rose Hopkins. And it's a funny monologue, but it also has a lot to say. There's a little bit of an edge of drama and stress and both the joy and a little bit of the sorrow that comes with becoming pregnant, with having a kid. Now, I'm a guy, you know, I identify the he, him pronouns, you know, I, I never planned to have a baby inside of me. Uh, so, Seeing this kind of from the outside looking in is always very eye-opening. And I think, you know, more men, personally, to kind of get on the little soapbox here, I think more men should see plays like this because I think they should really understand what they are asking a woman to go through before they say, well, let's have a baby. Um, but Anna Rose Hopkins just approaches this monologue, which is a fairly long monologue. You know, it, it goes on for a, a, probably just a little shy of 10 minutes. And it is an incredible, incredible performance. Uh, the way that the scheme of the jokes has to hit, the timing, the memorization, the kind of precision that has to go into it, making this both something that is believable, 
and yet also kind of in the satirical sense that it's coming out, that you don't lose sight of the character, but you also understand that this is a satirical reading of what it's like to be pregnant and what a, a woman's body is going through as it get pregnant and what the fetus is going through while it's inside the woman's body. Uh, just brilliant. Nina Braddock obviously wrote the script, and she did a great job writing the script. Gotta give credit to her for that. But I think Anna Rose Hopkins elevated her words in a way that, as someone who's a writer myself, sometimes you get a performance and you can tell the writing is top-notch, just like firing all cylinders. But even then, if you don't have an actor who knows how to hit that right tone, that right beat with it, the writing won't come out the way you want to. And that doesn't happen here. It really just flies off the page. And uh, I was just like laughing and like applauding and like my audience was loving it. We saw a preview weekend and they were just applauding after it was done. Um, I'm really glad that I got to, to nominate her for this and that she ended up winning the award. I just thought it was a really, really special performance and uh, was really impressed with everything I saw there, as well as the rest of the cast. Um, which brings us into the next award, Best Ensemble, Untitled Baby Play from I Am a Theater Company. Uh, yeah, everyone in this show is just phenomenal. I'm going to take a moment because they, they really deserve it, and I hope I don't butcher any names here, but uh, Courtney Sauls, Anna Rose Hopkins, who we mentioned earlier, Jenny Sue, Layla Ayad, Sonal Shah, Sarah Udabak, um, just a, such a great cast. They're so well drawn, obviously, and of course, you know, you, like I guess Nina Braddock deserves um, a lot of credit, as does, as does uh, Katie Lindsay, uh, who directed this sh uh, show. They clearly know what they're doing, they clearly have such a confident hand as they're dealing with these actresses, and all of them have flaws, all of them have things that kind of irritate you or you find uh, a little bit unlikable about them, and yet they have become so complex and fully realized that they become more and more likable. You know, there's a saying that you like someone for what's good about them, but you love someone even when you know the flaws and when you know their imperfections. And I think I love this cast because uh, they were so vulnerable and allowed their characters to be unlikable at times. And because they allowed their characters to be a little unlikable or irritable or difficult or, you know, maybe frustratingly complex, that made me love them because I could see so many people in my life who were like them. And that's a very special thing. That does not happen very often. I, I've seen a lot of shows uh, in the past three years or so, and this is one of the strongest ensembles I've seen. You know, this could have gone to a lot of different shows. I saw a lot of strong shows this year. Um, some of them were not uh, premieres. One of the things with this uh, award is that we don't want to get shows that have been running for, you know, years. This is, we were, we're looking particularly for shows that are making their L.A. debut or having a world premiere. Uh, we want to make sure that it's a pretty fresh show. I, you know, it's not quite fair to be like, oh, best play, you know, the uh, Hamlet. You know, I, we want it to be, we want to highlight new playwrights. One thing I think that makes L.A. so nice, you know, it gets a lot of flack for not being a theater city. But one thing that I think L.A. has an advantage on over a lot of other major theater cities 
is that LA has so many new plays coming out. So many risks are being taken here. Uh, you know, we're not getting the same plays. And I think a lot of theater companies, their reaction is to, you know, scrape the leftovers from New York. And I understand why that happens. Certainly at venues like Pantages, uh, the Circle Group, which does a wonderful job with those shows. But there is something about going into a small, intimate theater and seeing something new, seeing something completely different, taking a chance on something. Theater shows, you have to go in so blind with theater in L.A. You have no idea. Sometimes it's hard to even decipher the genre or the tone that the play is going to take, even after getting the program, even after reading what it's about. So, anyway, and not to get too tangential, but... I saw some really good shows at Hollywood Fringe, and I saw West, which is a two-hander uh, from a couple from Wales. That really touched me. I thought that was a really good show. Um, you know, The Forgotten Spy, which was at the Hollywood Fringe. I thought that was really strong. You know, it's a good one-woman show. But, you know, obviously with an ensemble piece, you want a, a group. I say an ensemble is three or more. I think two-handers don't count as an ensemble. I know that's controversial to some, but I just don't think it counts. I think you need at least three, preferably four, for it to be considered an ensemble. Um, Friends Across the River, which was done at the LGBTQ Center, was also a very strong cast. Um, All-female cast as well, with that, coincidentally. Um, that was led by Katie Oliver and a couple other really talented actresses. But, uh, Untitled Baby Play has stuck with me, and the performances have stuck with me in a way that I just felt was uh, important to highlight. Anyway, that's a very long tangent. I'm sure you guys are tired of hearing me talk too much and go on and on about all this stuff. <laughs> um, I highly recommend to folks who are listening to this to check out I Am a Theater Company and 66 Productions. They put on great stuff. So... Uh, last, but certainly not least, Best Original Show. This was really close, but we went with Untitled Baby Play. Really, really fantastic show. I think this show should go toward the country. I think it should go to New York. I think it should go to Chicago and Atlanta. I think it should go to some smaller markets as well. I think that this is a show that's going to be playing in theaters for a long time. And I think if uh, Nina Braddock wants to, she can get this plane all over the country, all over North America, maybe even get adapted into some international markets, because it's just one of those shows that is an actor's show, like you said, with the best ensemble. There's so many actors who are going to want to pick this up and tackle it, but it's also a show that can be put up easily. Um, I know equity right now, and particularly, I'm not going to get political, but Obviously, with some of the new regulations and restrictions put on theater shows and how people have to get paid and how rehearsal times have to get have to be done, with a cast as big, I know some theaters are going to be afraid to touch this. But I just want to say, I want to state that I think this show is worth it. I think it's a terrific, terrific uh, production that I think other theaters should pick up and do. I think you're going to see a lot of great performances from the actors in your group, the actresses in your group. So check it out. And, um, I know it's kind of 
bittersweet with theater to say, go check out the show, and it's, you know, it's not playing anymore with these awards, but check out these theater companies, like I said, check out 66, check out I Am, uh, uh, see what they're doing, you know, the Broadwater, uh, the complex is right now is in danger of being shut down, you know, there's the Zephyr, there's these great local indie theater companies that are doing some incredible work, uh, Flat Tire, that want to get the word out there. So I'm just taking this little moment to chant and cheer them on and tell people to go check them out, support them, see their next show, see their next endeavors, and then hopefully some of these shows that they've done here will get put up elsewhere. So that's for my section of the awards. I just wanted to highlight those shows really quick and their accolades. Thank you again to everyone who's been supporting LA Theater Bites, who's invited me to shows, who's let me trusted me to give thoughtful and uh, considerate feedback and criticism of their productions. It's uh, it's very humbling, and I don't take it lightly, and I'm always very appreciative of it. So, hope you enjoyed this. Hope you check out these shows and these theater companies. Until next time, I'm Matthew Robinson. Thanks for joining us. I'll see you at the theater. Thank you again, LA Theater Creators, for all the work you put in to making theater happen every single day. Thank you for listening, and thank you for supporting LA Theater. If you like LA Theater Bites, share the podcast, like a post. It all helps keep this podcast going.